Are you sick and tired of that political news crap? Then listen to Poor Entertainment every other Tuesday, right here on the Journey into Comics Network. JourneyIntoComics.com The following the following is a Journey into Comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, a-holes. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's Journey into Comics 214. As always, I'm your host, Nate. Hope everybody's doing fantastic. It's been a crazy few days in Nate's world, and I'm just going to get right into it. I am a little post-nap groggy today, and fighting off a little bit of what seems to be a slight cold, so uh, bear with me. I may sneeze. You may get weird pauses. There may be lots of edits. I don't know. I'm not sure how this episode's going to go. I literally woke up from a nap at 9 o'clock at night and said, I gotta fucking do this podcast that needs to get done. And I need to talk about some interesting things that have been going on in my world and also cover some interesting news and some stuff that's happened in the comic book realm. We're going to get into my life first here. Uh, So backing it up, in the middle of the week, uh, I went down to Hoopston for the first time in a few months and visited with Dad. And that was a nice time. We got to spend some time together and relax. Uh, We watched some movies. We watched Ocean's 8, which was a movie that we talked about on last week's Foodies Watching Movies. It was a great movie, Ocean's 8. Honestly, if you haven't checked it out, I really do highly suggest you do so. Uh, So we watched that, and then uh, I put Solo on for Dad and I to watch, and he wasn't really feeling the best, so he crashed out. And then it was like... He was on and off for a few minutes, and then the next thing I know, I was putting Ant-Man on, and he was awake for that and watched the whole thing and really dug it. So that was really cool. Uh, and we watched uh, The Snappening, and that was really funny how he reacted to that because we're sitting there, and I'm like, Dad, okay, so you got to watch the post credit scene of Ant-Man and the Wasp. fucking good, and you're going to love it. It's crazy, and you're going to be like, oh, man, I hate this movie because that's, that's his reaction when something really gets him that he really enjoys. He says he hates it because it just it actually makes him you know, feel something or whatever that that typically he doesn't feel when he watches movies. So we're watching and the snapping happens to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Spoiler alert. Uh, have It's been several months ago. You should have fucking seen the movie already. Watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. How in the hell have you not seen it? You're listening to my fucking show. I'm not really sure. Anyways, so he is watching and the snapping happens and and I'm looking at him in like excitement like a kid at the candy store waiting to see what his reaction is and he just goes uh am I supposed to know what the fuck that means and I'm like dad do you not remember infinity war he's like yeah I was like think about the end of infinity war and he went oh oh those fuckers he was not very happy First drink break, two minutes into the podcast today, but it's again, once again, brought to you by Poor Entertainment, episode six, coming out tomorrow. Make sure to check out Poor Entertainment every other Tuesday, right here on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. This drink goes out to you, AP. Ooh, there's a little bit of slushy in my water. That was really good. Oh, yeah, that was great. So, 
I'm at dad's and uh, get up the next day and the next day is really genuinely crazy. It's Thursday and I, I get up in the morning at dad's house to get myself together, pack my bags, get back on the road, drive back home because I had to work. <clears throat> I had a casino gig. It was fun. Had to drive an hour and a half to my casino gig, so I was at that point four and a half hours into the drive of the day because I had driven a bunch already. Or no, I was three hours into my drive at that point in the day. I finished at four point five because or four and a half because I my drive back was another hour and a half. So drove to the gig, did the gig. It was fun. Uh, taught a lot of new people who had not really ever played blackjack before how to play the game, and it was. Uh, learning experience, no tips, but that's sometimes the life of it all, you know, especially at certain parties. Sometimes they don't uh, tip you in cash. Sometimes you get it after the fact on your check, which kind of sucks because you're delayed the money, but it is also kind of nice because you are getting a bigger check in that role. So anyways, I do the gig and I drive back home and I have to immediately edit uh, the Kids for Sale podcast. And I'm editing the Kids for Sale podcast, listening to it, spot checking. It's very good. It's very funny. If you guys haven't checked out episode 11, it's hilarious. Got an interview with Chris's daughter that it's funny stuff. It's funny to hear what four-year-olds go off the rails about, you know. So edit that podcast, upload it immediately so it can be up on the Journey into Comics Network. And then I had talked to Nick Max and told him, I was like, hey, bro, uh, I saw you needed a graphic designer for something. I'll come through in the clutch for you and make that happen. So I put this thing together and I sent it to him. So I didn't get done with that kind of work till about 1 a.m. So I had been nonstop from, I woke up at like 9 a.m. that morning and I went nonstop plus four and a half hours of drive time, mind you. Because uh, an hour and a half from Hoopston to my house and then another hour and a half to St. Charles where the gig was and then another hour and a half back, making it four and a half hours. In the car... Uh, plus all the other shit that I did. So Thursday was extraordinarily busy, and it's like, okay, we're just starting the ramp up for the week, or for the weekend, really. Well, I guess it's the week because this is when I the weekend is when I'm the busiest. So it's like, I guess it's my week, my work week, as it were. So uh, we, I get up Friday. And Sarah had to go to the symphony, and I go down to Lowell and hang out with V, pick up Ollie from school. He gets picked up by his dad. V and I hang out for a bit. She has to go to work, drop her off, okay? Hang out at her place, get some shit together. Uh, watched a little bit of wrestling so I could prepare for my journey into wrestling that just came out yesterday, episode 6, Glory Bound. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you're into wrestling, that is. Uh, so... I uh, went and picked Veronica up on Friday, and then we have to drive. So now I've done another hour and a half worth of driving on Friday because 45 minutes down to Lowell, 45 minutes back. Okay. So we get back up here. Sarah and Veronica got to work on a Casual Fiend Friday video for Walk Among Us. You guys have been seeing them on the on the internet there on uh, Facebook every uh, almost every Friday. They do a Casual Fiend Friday, one of the Misfits tunes, in just a piano vocal style, which is a lot of fun. One more drink break. Poor entertainment, poor news. 
rotating every Tuesday on the Journey into Comics Network, you always get your weekly dose of poorness right here on the Journey into Comics Network. Anyways, so uh, for Friday, w- they're working on the video, and I'm like, well, I might as well go ahead and do Journey into Wrestling, so I knock Journey into Wrestling out. Edit, upload that. Edit, upload brews with dudes. Edit, upload best of the week. Okay, so now from Friday, everything is done. You guys are kind of seeing the insight to how I run this thing. So we get all of those knocked out up through Sunday is done. And again, it's just the tip of the iceberg, man. Bedtime, get up next day, and we're back at it again. Time to build to the longest day in history for us collectively in a long while. So we got about nine, start getting ourselves together. We have a show on, we had a show this past Saturday at Punk Rock Night, Indianapolis at the Melody Inn. What's up, Indy? It was fucking amazing, and we're going to talk about that in a second. uh, Because I have a lot to to say about this particular show and uh, all the things that have transpired to us over the past month. So... We uh, get ourselves together. Sarah and Veronica run the set. They, I, I tear all the shit down. We get the truck loaded up, and we get on the road. So Saturday, getting on the road, we had plans, and, and it's weird how everything works, okay? Timing is sometimes absolutely everything, and it's like seconds. If you're too fast in a moment or too slow in a moment, you're in the wrong point of the moment in the universe, Tells you that, like, you're not on the right path. You learn a lesson, and, and ah, something crazy happens. And So this is very important. So we start, we leave the house in in, Hes- in Hammond. We start driving to Lowell. We had to go to Veronica's. We had to, uh, she had forgotten her, her extra money she likes to travel with. So we had to go scoop that up. And we go to scoop that up. At her house, okay? So we get there. I run downstairs. Girls come downstairs. Veronica runs upstairs to use the bathroom. Sarah and I are hanging out down by Veronica's door to her bedroom. And she's coming back down the stairs. And all of a sudden we hear... Like, that's not really what it sounded like. But I can't make the sound of what happened. Which was a big portion of the tree that's above her bedroom door... Literally came crashing down right where typically we stand and and chit-chat and cut the shit while Veronica is uh, having a cigarette, you know? So, had we been seconds later or seconds sooner or, you know, anything like that, things could have been very different. One of us could have gotten nailed with some some wood. Uh, the, The wood would have been a little bit lighter, a little bit, because the tree is dead. However, that's it was a, like, 10 to 12 foot drop and... Big ass, I'm talking some big ass chunks of branches that came falling down uh, that hit her door too. And luckily it didn't shatter the door. That would have fucking sucked. Uh, So that was kind of terrifying. And as this is happening, it also starts to, uh, I don't know what the word to describe it is, but it's like snow globe snowing. And I mean that by the snow is moving in every fucking direction, but no direction, but all the directions. Sometimes it's going perfectly horizontal to the ground. Sometimes it's fucking 
lashing with these big, humongous uh, snowflakes. I was blown away. I was like, this fucking, we're early October here, folks. And it's snowing like crazy on this Saturday of the October the 20th. Snowing. It's not sticking, but it is snowing. I'm like, okay. What the fuck is going to go on with this day? Why are we getting snow? Why did that tree almost fall on us? Like, are we on the right path? Are we on the wrong path? What's up? We leave Veronica's house after we settle and, and collect ourselves. We have to head back down past Lowell into Lafayette to go visit Dick and Miranda, where when we got Dick and Miranda's house, I had to do some official uh, business where I signed some papers for them so they can officially be married because I forgot to do that last week. Oops. Sorry, Dick. I can't believe that that happened, but I'm glad we got it taken care of. It was great to see them. Uh, fantastic to get to spend a little bit of time with two of my favorite people. Uh, the, the the kind of crazy and awesome day that it was, it was just nice to see them in the mix as well. So we didn't really get to hang out super long. We had to get back on the road, obviously, because it was like one and done and on to the next thing a million times. So we leave Lafayette, and as we're going to leave Lafayette, uh, Dick's like, oh, there was an accident on 65, a semi crashed or flipped over or some shit. So you'll probably end up taking 52. The GPS tells us to take this road 52. We take it. We go around all this bullshit. Again, if we're sooner or later and we leave Dick sooner or later, maybe we're involved in that mess. Who knows? I don't know. But again, big accident avoided by us. We drive around. We get back on 65. Eventually, we get into Indianapolis. Are we going directly to Punk Rock Night? No! We're going to our friend Sai's house. So we go to Sai's house, and he is uh, actually having just gotten married, having a big wedding reception. And we kind of crashed the reception, which was nice, but he's like the drunkest I've ever seen a person. No disrespect to Sai. This is nothing but love because it was hilarious. He was having a great time and wiling out because it was his wedding, so of course. But he's like, and I'm going to kind of back off the mic a little, a lot of it. Oh, shit, train of our existence. Did you guys hear that? Oh, yeah, that was the train of our existence for sure. So, anyways, when we get there, holy shit, fucking welcome on this is at my wedding. Like, he was freaking out. He loved it. And I was like, hey, man, what's up, bud? So, Cy and Kristen got married, and they were having a nice reception. There was delicious food. We got to have this fucking pulled pork that was out of sight. It was stellar. Oh, it was so good. And then there was some delicious, uh, potato salad and these cupcakes that were out of this world so we're hanging with them for a little bit and catching up and just there's family and stuff so we're interacting with their family and whatnot and being reintroduced and discussing now i will mention that uh being in indianapolis this show was our first show back in a month and five days and since the quote-unquote incident so we're far enough removed from it now um we were at this bar uh, about a month ago, month and a half ago, uh, and Sarah was not uh, extremely, but still to a degree, sexually harassed and possibly assaulted by this guy who rubbed his apparently hard dick on her, and the bar chose not to do anything to the patron who did this, defended him, let him stay in the bar, and... Uh, 
didn't kick him out, nothing, right? Didn't care to help us or anything. And there was a, you know, there was a big backlash on social media. I kind of flip down a little bit. I get a little bit emotional sometimes. And not all the time, but it's weird because a lot of that comes from I was bullied a lot as a kid, really genuinely bullied a lot as a kid. And it's kind of like when someone does me wrong in my adult life, I don't do anything but stand up against it and just call the bullshit out when I see it, you know. And this business uh, did us a great injustice. And they uh, protected somebody who disrespected some a band they hired to play a show. And then, to top it off, we were not paid. So that was awful. So we're in Indianapolis now, and that's kind of like semi-topic of conversation. Everyone's like sees Sarah as this warrior princess now that she survived this like really enduring, awful experience because she did tell her story. She did get it out there. She wasn't silenced. And uh, there was just a lot of crazy backpedaling and twisting of the story from the people that were involved on the other end. And it just made things a little bit more difficult, I guess. But ultimately, we overcame it, and it was one of those things like now that we're way past it. Who fuck? We're she doesn't care. We don't care. Fuck. It's like fuck them. Fuck that place. It's not worth our time to even mention. Like you guys, if you want to really search the truth out, you can go and figure out what the fuck happened when it happened. It's not hard to go look at a calendar and see what our release schedule was when we were doing shows. That's all I'm gonna say. So we go to Size House. We're there. We're hanging, as I said. And then we have to leave because we have to get to Punk Rock Night. We have to get ourselves together. So we leave, go to PRN, and it's super early. Like they they don't even have the house lights off in it. Like in like Punk Rock Night mode, the lights are on, and it's just like a building. And it kind of it was interesting. It changed the mystique of that place for me because I was just like, oh, this is this room, and it, I just saw it differently for some reason. So we hung out and we waited in the truck for a bit, just kind of. Because it was really cold. We didn't want to be inside yet. They were still getting stuff together. It's kind of awkward to just sit around and wait for people while they're doing work around you. We don't want to be, you know, uh, like impeding on people while they're working. That's really fucking rude. So we hung out. We waited. And then we get going. It's time to, it's time to get in there. We're hanging out. Uh, now, I had uh, been walking around. And it was like, look, here's the deal. It's fucking cold out. It had snowed, right? And at punk rock night, I set up outside. Reason being is I have to be meticulous and make sure my ship is where it needs to go so that when I'm on stage and I stage my drums, it goes quickly, efficiently. I can adjust things if I need to at the absolute last second. And then when I'm there, I'm hopefully in the pocket when I'm performing. But you do have to set your drums up outside because there's not a lot of space. And the space is a little bit, kind of a little bit awkward. So to throw another drum set in that room would just really fucking compact the size of the room dramatically. And you don't want to do that at PRN. There's a great energy, so you got to leave it that way. So anyways, uh, I can't set up outside yet, but I'm kind of like walking around. The girls go and use the bathroom or something. I don't remember what they were doing. But I had I walked outside and there's some dude calls himself Fresh, and he's like older dude rhyming, but he's trying to get a dollar, and I didn't have no dollars. So I was like, sorry, bro, I don't have any fucking dollars to give you. Like, can't do shit about it. Sorry. 
and then there was this other dude, and this dude's called Ned. And I'm like, oh, hey, Ned, I'm Nate. Nice to meet you. Like, what's up? And Ned seems like a super friendly guy, like genuinely, right? And uh, we kind of struck it off. We just, like, started conversing. And uh, eventually I was like, hey, man, let's just fucking go inside. This dude's kind of annoying me. No offense. But, like, the, the asking for money and shit thing, like, if I say I don't have money, don't keep pestering me. The money didn't fucking magically appear while you were pestering me about the fucking money. It just doesn't go down that way, right? I'm not a magician in that regard. So we go inside, and Ned and I are talking. The first band in Calico is setting up. They haven't started performing yet. Ned and I are talking, and he's like, hey, yeah, uh, I I came here solo, so do you mind if I sit uh, next to you? And I was like, bro, that's uh, that's fine. I kind of thought you were, you know, I thought we were going to like hang out or whatever. I don't know you, but whatever. I'll make friends with somebody. That's how I am. So Ned and I are chatting, and he admits, he's like, hey, uh, this is also my first time at Punk Rock Night. And I was like, oh. It's your first time at Punk Rock Night. What brought you out? I brought. I asked that question genuinely because it was like, it could have been a number of things. It could have been the band that came in from West Virginia. It could have been the hometown band. Maybe it was Walk Among Us. Who knows? I doubt it, but you never know. It could have been uh, the venue posted something that caught his attention or a sponsored post or something or a friend suggested it to him. Who knows what way? So I say, okay, how? And he goes, Reddit. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, man, I was on Reddit, and I went to this Indianapolis subreddit and uh, was looking for great places to check out music, and this was one of the places that was suggested. And I just so happened to show up the night that Walk Among Us is playing, so that was really cool. And uh, Ned was a really friendly fella, uh, introduced him to Saren V, and then we had to kind of bust into high gear, and Calico started playing, watched a few songs, and then we had to start immediately setting up. It was fucking cold, so... I'm setting the drums up outside. We're really quickly getting everything together. As we're doing so, a car pulls up. It's an Uber. Out pops my good dude, Patrick Murphy. He jumps up out the car. Just came from his comedy set. You guys, Patrick Murray or Patrick Murphy? It's Patrick Murray. I fucked that up. Sorry, Pat. My bad, bro. I'm uh, the fucking worst sometimes when it comes to names. So, yeah, Patrick came out, and that was really cool because he uh, and I, we had met him at our show in Lafayette. Uh, so, yeah, Patrick Murray. So, uh, we played a show in Lafayette August 18th, and it was a variety show that Nick from uh, Brews with Dudes every Saturday on the Journey into Comics Network put on. And uh, Pat Murray did comedy there because he's a comedian, funny as hell. Uh, he lives in Indianapolis and chose to seek our show out. He dipped from his show early so he could come see our show. Got there at the perfect time. We're hanging out on the street corner talking while I'm setting the drums up, shooting the shit and whatnot. And uh, Patrick's just a really super sweet guy, super fun to talk to. If you guys uh, don't know him, you should search out his comedy as well because he is funny as fuck. I I just want to mention that again. Uh, And he's also, like I said, a really sweet guy. So we set everything up, we get everything staged up and ready, and Calico finishes playing right when I finish staging my drums. I mean, I was cutting it down to the wire there. I was busting my ass to get it done, you know. Uh, So we tear everything down. Bam, bam. Get everything on stage as quickly as possible. Set the band up in a different position than we typically do. We need to see if there's video footage, damn it, because we didn't record it. I suck and forgot to actually put the GoPro up. Oops. But uh, 
we got on stage and uh, it, our return to punk rock night first show back in a month were the middle of three band slot playing second in the night a little bit past 11 10 our t- 10 uh, Illinois time by the way and then uh, we started playing and we're playing a very special set because it's our buddy Craig's birthday. We had Craig pick every song on our set except for two. We added London Dungeon. We added a new song. I'll get into that in a second. So we do the set and man, it was the energy was great and the crowd was loving it and it was huge. Man, there was like 70 or some people. It was it was there was a, a sea of people in a small space. It was very cool to see. And people were just loving it. Uh, Veronica and I did this awesome song. Uh, well, the th- Walk Among Us did this awesome song, but Veronica and I specifically did this awesome thing in the song, Mommy, Can I Go Out and Kill Tonight? Because as I always say on stage, a mommy can never sing that song. So I do Mommy, Can I Go Out and Kill Tonight on vocals. Veronica plays drums on that song, right? And it was great. It was great. We kicked ass. It was a lot of fun. Uh, that was like in the middle of the set. Then we got back into it and busted out some deep cuts and whatnot. We, at the end of our set, played four songs. That's a great segue. Four songs that are going to be on Walk Among Us's first EP, For the Fiends Volume 1. And here's where you guys come in. Now, I know I always talk to you guys about Patreon and donating to the Journey into Comics Network. Maybe helping the podcast out ain't your thing. You're getting it for free. On Podbean. There's nothing wrong with that, right? So, here's the thing, though. Walk Among Us is a different thing entirely. That is um, something I'm very proud of in my uh, professional life because we are doing something that is unique and different and fun. And and when things are, you know... It's, it's interesting because we can get through the rough shit and then really cool stuff like this past weekend happens and it just reminds us like we are on the right path. We're doing it for the right reasons. But uh, I'm trying to remember where I was going with that. Fuck. Oh, fuck. Man, my brain sucks sometimes, guys. There's just... I was talking about the show. Oh, yeah. We're talking about fucking... Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Cue the music. Okay, I figured it out. I know the answer, Alex Trebek. We're talking about my Kickstarter because Walk Among Us is something I'm very proud of, and we've worked really hard to do something that's unique and fun and get out there and overcome crazy things together. And we really need your guys' help. We're trucking along. Our goal Our goal is $8,311. It's a lot, I know. But our plan is ambitious. We're not just recording an album in Chicago and using a fancy Chicago studio, high quality, blah, blah, blah. We want to go to the source where rock and roll was made. So there's an energy and a soul. We want to record this in Sun Studios, legendary Sun Studios in Memphis, Tennessee. You guys heard me a couple years ago. There was an episode. I'm not sure which one it was. We had just got back from a trip to to Mississippi uh, and where we stopped off in Memphis, and on our way home we stopped off in Memphis, and uh, it was like a religious experience without God for me, being in that building, being in a room where Johnny Cash and Elvis and Roy Orbison and Jerry Lee Lewis and Carl Perkins, all these guys, Howlin' Wolf, all these dudes, just the energy that was in the walls was palpable on a level 
that is unimaginable, you know? And all I want is for us to kind of like uh, complete our destiny, as it were, I think is the best way to say that. Because really, you know, two years ago, we hadn't played a show at the point we went to Sun Studios and had this really deep experience that was very personal to all three of us. And I remember as we were leaving Sun Studios, I'm literally in the parking lot weeping. And I don't I don't know why. And I, Sarah and Veronica are both very worried about me. They're like, are you okay? What is wrong? Why are you crying? What has happened? And I just... The building moved me. It, at the core, at my heart, at my soul, it got me. I felt those people in those in the walls. I felt the energy of the music that they had recorded, that had shaped our culture, and rock and roll. You know, and 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 the legends that those guys are, and the way we talk about them as musical icons. You know, it got me, and I just. I remember as we were leaving there, I told one of the guys, Nick, I said, one day we'll be back to record here. Mark my words. Like, I'm not joking. And that can be a reality. And that's not really the most expensive part of the whole thing. For our Kickstarter, the most expensive part is actually making the vinyl. I mean, it's not cheap to have good vinyl. We want quality stuff so you guys can have it last a long time. So we do the four songs off of our Kickstarter, which you guys can check out. Uh, just go to Kickstarter, search Walk Among Us, For the Fiends Volume 1, or For the Fiends Volume 1, Walk Among Us, any combination of those things you'll find us. Or you can go on our Facebook, facebook.com backslash Band, where you can get the link there also because it's pinned to the top of our page. But uh, so we performed She, London Dungeon, Earth AD, and Cough Cool in order how we were going to do it on the album, which we're going to record live just like we perform. So it's going to have that very raw, real energy in your face vibe to just play in those walls is going to be insane. Sarah on an acoustic piano that Jerry Lee Lewis played, most likely. Um, that's it's fucking incredible. It really is just ridiculously incredible the uh the reality if this happens that we're going to get to do something that uh could live for a long time beyond even me uh because it's just it's just I guess for me the validation of making an album is going to be able to say like look this is uh hard evidence of the work we've done as a band and no one can take that away from us that's the thing I want more than anything else is the tangible reality uh, that I can hear the work we've put into this over the past three years, grinding it out and going city by city. And now with Sarah and Veronica and I cramming into the bed, the, the front of my fucking tiny ass uh, Ford Ranger and, and traveling all over the states, uh, city to city, playing these shows and whatnot, like... It's not been necessarily the easiest, so to see our hard work in an actual album form would be, it's all I need, you know. So if you can, I, we would really genuinely appreciate, you know, you throw five bucks, it's cool, you throw 15 bucks, you're getting a vinyl album, seven inch, you know, in purple, it's going to be a dope purple color, part of the kind of the color theme for our album, Uh but anyways, so we played the show, and then uh, at the very end, after we did the four songs from Kickstarter, we debuted a new song, which was fucking awesome. It was Killer Wolf by Danzig. It's off Danzig 2, Lucifuge. If you've not heard Killer Wolf, I do strongly suggest you go check it out. It's a very groovy, bluesy kind of song. 
Interesting to note, uh, Glenn Danzig is also working on his own cover album, as it were, where he's going to be covering the likes of Elvis and Johnny Cash and Roy Orbison. It's literally, or it's it's an all Elvis album, I'm sorry, but it, it is in homage to those guys because he has such fond respect for the lineage and the history of rock and roll. So it's kind of, it's like threefold on all fronts why we're trying to do this Kickstarter the way we're trying to do it. It's going to be something really unique. We're only releasing 333 vinyl. Once they're gone, they're gone forever. We will not reprint in purple. We may down the road considering reprinting one more again. Uh, just depends on how things go. So we finished the show. We load up. We watched the Big Bad perform their set. They were a lot of fun. The Big Bad performs. We get our envelope of go-home money. We get the fuck out. And then it's a quest to Lebanon. Because I need motherfucking steak and shake so bad. The show was so good. It was so tasty. We had such a fun crowd. The energy was so great. I needed the comfort of Steak and Shake. And I, as Nick Maxson will tell you, am all 110 per fucking cent about that Steak and Shake life. So we drive to Lebanon. They have a 24-hour Steak and Shake. We go there. We're the only people in the building. We order our food. I order the prime Frisco. It's a new sandwich, like a thicker patted burger, but it's got the same kind of Frisco thing. I get it, no lettuce or tomato. I want it to be as close to the Frisco melt as humanly possible. And guess what? It was. It was fucking so good. So, so, so good. Insanely good. Good on a level I can't even describe to you. Uh, we smash this food in no time and get back on the truck. So we get in the truck. Five, ten minutes in, girls are asleep, they're toast. And now I'm driving for an hour and 50 minutes at three in the morning. Essentially alone because they're asleep, no one to really talk to. And I need to stay awake because I'm fading fast, folks. Lots of driving, lots of cold weather, lots of hard work playing the drums. All these things factoring into my body is just finally starting to really feel the effects of the day at 3.20 something in the morning. So it's like, okay... This is dangerous. we got to be very tentative. What am I going to do? Challenge mode time. Let's put on Metallica's Ride the Lightning and see if I can memorize, or see if I still have memorized the entire album, lyrically speaking. All seven songs with the vocals, you goddamn right. Trapped Under an Ice and Escape, you goddamn right. Screaming! Can't move at all! Breathe in! Can't hear that cow! I don't remember them all right now because the music's not on, but I'm trapped under ice. <sighs> Holy shit. I love Metallica, but I was like, if I if I can focus on like trying to remember what the lyrics were to these songs, which some of which, most of which I didn't have trouble. The two I did mention, Escape and Trapped Under Ice, a little bit more difficult. They are the most B-side of B-sides in the Metallica catalog. So, driving and the gas light pops on, I'm like, uh, okay. So then I have to stop in DeMont and get fuel. I get fuel and an energy drink, which was a Red Bull. I smashed it in no time. And I then we cruise the remaining hour and eight minutes or 40 minutes or whatever, 45 minutes total, whatever it was. It was like between an hour and 40 minutes somewhere in there. I'm not really 100% sure on how long it actually took us. To get back home, 
we get back home. I back the truck in. I load the truck out, so all the gear is inside now. And then it's it's that's it. And then today has been a day of rest and relaxation, not doing a whole shit ton of anything. I did make some pretty delicious dinner that we're probably gonna have to talk about on an upcoming episode of Foodies Watching Movies. Uh, but I had to take a nap, you guys. I was fucking beat. I was tired. I mean, I was just dragging. I was sitting there. I was like, I, it was like 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock or whatever. And I told the girls, I was like, I'm going to go record Journey into Comics now. And they said, okay. And I started getting articles ready, which I'm about to be getting into here in a few minutes. And as I'm getting the articles together, uh, oops, uh, I started getting groggy. My head starts dipping. My eyes start closing. Often never near the land. So, boom, I'm asleep. The next thing I know, I'm waking up, and I'm like, oh, my neck is a little bit stiff. That sucks. Got to adjust. I just moved and slept a lot longer. So I finally got up, and I was like, oh, fuck, I absolutely have to get up and do a podcast now. And here I am. I think I'm doing pretty good. I finally, like... Am at the peak of feeling fully awake and aware, and I've just peeked into the episode 36 minutes deep. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed my ramblings of a crazy weekend where I've done a lot of different things. It was a lot of fun. I'm so glad the Melody Inn and Punk Rock Night had us back. Shout out to Rich from Punk Rock Night for inviting us back. Shout out to everybody who was there who supported us. Craig for his 40th birthday celebration and Calico for playing with us. The Big Bad for playing with us. All the fans that came out, everybody that interacted with us. Uh, special shout out to you, Ned. I don't know if I'll ever see you again, homie, because we didn't really link up, but uh, it was great to chat with you. So now, we're done talking about me. Let's talk about some news, you guys. 37 minutes in. I'm so sorry that we're this late in, but I have to, you know, it was good. I, I don't get to, I feel like sometimes I have to talk about me. It just sometimes, not all the time, but anyways. Let's just go down the list here. Oh, yeah, guys, got... Uh, it's happened again. It's happened again, you guys. And I'm so sorry that it happened. Thanos, he... Uh, he took a drink of water thanks to poor entertainment every Tuesday, right here on the... Every other Tuesday on the Journey into Comics Network. Thanks for the drink break, AP. Really needed it. Woo! Kind of got lost in that. So, Thanos snapped. And now everything is perfectly balanced like all things should be. Because not only has Iron Fist been canceled from Netflix, but now Luke Cage has also been canceled from Netflix. Will Jessica Jones and Daredevil follow suit? I'm uncertain. But uh, Marvel fans are in fact blaming... Uh, I mean, you know, they're, they're blaming Thanos on this. Some people are also thinking that it's possible that this means that Heroes for Hire is getting a, uh, you know, a new go. Sorry about the sniffling. Like I said, I got a little bit of a cold I'm getting over. Uh, so the guy that played Bushmaster and Luke Cage is pissed the show was canceled. 
They cancel Luke Cage, and well, I'm a little upset. It'll be okay, guys, but they might not be, and it's him screaming from from the show. Uh, I didn't see Luke Cage yet, but here's the deal. People are like, poor viewers. Why would they cancel this show? It seemed like Marvel and Marvel and Netflix had their shit together, you know, like together. And that they were kind of a well-oiled machine going forward. And yeah, I get it. You know, coming soon, I mean, it's not really a crazy, crazy surprise because 2019 is right around the corner. And 2019 is when the Disney streaming service happens. Is this all groundwork being laid because they're planning on bringing everything over? And maybe they have to leave the first few seasons of those over on Netflix because they're Netflix-exclusive shows at that point in time. But if they're not picked up for a third season or fourth season, depending on what show you're at and where, you know, talking about Daredevil that just dropped, haven't watched that yet. Uh, You know, it could be that they're aligning themselves to make it to where the the Disney streaming service has some really quality original Marvel content right out of the gate that people are already invested in because a lot of fans are upset that this show is going away. And that's the thing that's interesting because a lot of fans are upset. A lot of fans, people, let me tell you. Go on Twitter. You'll see. But here's the deal. According to Netflix and Marvel, unfortunately, Marvel's Luke Cage will not return for a third season. Everyone at Marvel Television and Netflix is grateful, dedicated to the showrunners, writers, cast, and crew who brought Harlem's hero to life for the past two seasons and all the fans who have supported the series. But... According to The Hollywood Reporter, a source claims the series was canceled for numerous reasons, one of which had to do with creative differences, though it's not clear if it was between the showrunner, uh, Cheo Cocker, and Marvel TV, or between Marvel and Netflix. Another reason that the two entities could not agree on terms for a third season. And it pretty much indicates when you like say it like that, that it had nothing to do with the viewership. I think Luke Cage is doing really good in viewership land. Uh, honestly. So you guys know a couple, uh, with the la- closing on Luke Cage here, I just want to say, I don't know where they go from here. I'm not sure what's coming. I feel like the Netflix thing didn't really pay out how they w- play out how they wanted to because you haven't really got a lot of really good crossover between those universes and the movies. You've had like, oh, this loosely affected us, ah, but... Can, I mean, are you do you really mean to tell me that all those heroes are in New York and they don't bump into fucking each other? And that for some reason only the ground level superheroes of the Defenders can bump into each other, but God forbid if one of them actually run into, say, Spider Man or Iron Man or Hulk or Thor or Black Widow or Scarlet Scarlet Witch or Vision or War Machine even, shit or Falcon, fucking I don't even care. Ant Man. Wasp. What about the Guardians? I mean, that's a little bit more difficult because the Guardians aren't on Earth. But you guys get what I'm saying. Like, it should happen, right? It should be a little bit more conjoined. Maybe this is a way where they can start to actually conjoin those universes a little bit more and better utilize their stars and maybe bring them over to the big screen. I hope, I really do, I really do hope that uh, there is some, you know, possibility for that. Because I I do want I do want to sit down and catch up on the Jessica Jones season two and catch up on 
all of Luke Cage and all of Iron Fist and the Defenders and Punisher. I'm that far behind, guys. It's become difficult. It just really has. May, you know, and they, honestly, winter is coming. Maybe I can catch up in November. November's a light month as far as the band is concerned because we don't have any shows. We're taking uh, a, a really a month off to polish ourselves and get prepared for when the Kickstarter is funded so we can get right to Sun Studios and do work. That's our game plan is to do work ASAP there. So we can get it done, get it out to you guys. I don't. We don't want to dilly dally and make this. Uh, it was coming out 2019 in quarter one. Nope, we got to push it to quarter two. Now it's in quarter one of 2020. You know, like I hate that shit. I want if I, if I'm bringing somebody a product, I want to get it to them as soon as fucking possible. That's why we've been working hard to have like the art and all this shit together and doing some moves behind the scenes to really make this uh, this all come together as swiftly as possible. <laughs> little bit of a cat interruption there. How about? Pfft. Hey, Ami, how's it going? You want to be on the podcast again? Come here. Ami. Come here. You want to talk on the podcast? She just sniffed the mic, but she ain't meowing to it. So she doesn't want to. You don't want to talk on the podcast? Okay, that's fine. So a couple weeks ago or last week, I told you guys that uh, Tom Holland's got a new suit for Spider-Man Far From Home, and he actually debuted it at Jimmy Kimmel Live and showed it off. It looks really cool. Like I was saying, it's the black with the red this time, It's so it's slightly different. Tom Holland also jokingly teasing that Thanos might be robbing a bank. So with Tom Holland being on Jimmy Kimmel as he was there, the question was asked, is this a prequel to Infinity War? Because, you know, the snapping had happened. We'd seen kind of Tom Holland fading away into nothingness. What's going on? So to avoid spoilers, he said, I think Thanos is robbing a bank now. He's poor now. Goodbye. And took off. So I'm excited to see Tom Holland uh, as Spider-Man and see what they bring with this new movie. We, You know, it's crazy because... I feel like when we go see Infinity War, we're going to get our trailer, our big trailer for Far From Home. And it's going to, like, not give us anything but give us enough to hype. And then when we see the movie, we're going to be like, oh, fuck, now I have to go see Spider-Man next month immediately. I'm so excited. So to keep on some Marvel news, I wanted to talk about this. This was a very interesting article that stood out to me. I've got a couple more here. Uh, Deadpool star Brianna Hildebrandt credits Ryan Reynolds for the LGBTQ storyline. When it comes to superhero features, diversity is slowly edging its way into the front of casting and storytelling. As the public calls for more representation, films like Deadpool 2 have delivered uh, as the sequel featured an open LGBTQ relationship. And in a new piece, Brianna Hildebrandt credits Ryan Reynolds for her character's romance. Recently, she was chatting with Hollywood Reporter about Deadpool 2. And uh, Hildebrandt said it was Ryan Reynolds' idea to give Negasonic Teenage Warhead an adorable girlfriend named Yukio. I've had so many positive responses that actress gushed. It was Ryan's idea. I had already done a lot of work with It Gets Better, so I think maybe he had seen some of that. The response has been overwhelmingly positive. For Hildebrandt, the warm welcome has been 
uplifting both professionally and personally. The actress came out as a gay woman some time ago. She said previous interviews she was on board for Negasonic Teenage Warhead developing a storyline from the word go. Ryan just sent me an email and was like, how do you feel about this? Hildebrandt told Playboy earlier this year. And so that's great. I'm glad he asked me how I would feel about it. Obviously, I was like, I feel amazing about it. Let's do it. I'm glad that he asked me, though. I probably would have been like, wow. Uh, she, uh, One of the co-writers also said uh, that they ground Deadpool in real life. As outrageous as it is, Deadpool is a very, very grounded movie. I love Deadpool and Deadpool 2. I thought those movies were... Both fantabulastic. Uh, let's talk about this. So we were talking about what's going on coming up here with uh, <clears throat> what's going on with uh, next year, right? So we've got Avengers, Captain Marvel, and Spider-Man. But then the next year, 2020, we were supposed to be getting Guardians of the Galaxy. That is not happening. The newest update from Production Weekly reports that Guardians of the Galaxy is set to begin production February 2021 now. If you recall, the film was originally supposed to start filming early 2019. It's been pushed back by a whole two years. It's safe to say the new Guardians won't be arriving in 2020 as originally planned. and uh, The update suggests that it could be 2022 before we see this film's theatrical release, perhaps even longer. Currently, GOTG3 is still without a director since they uh, have pretty much made it clear that James Gunn will not be getting rehired, although they will be using his, his script, his ideas, his concepts. They'll probably hire someone to almost do exactly a James Gunn movie. The working title for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going to be Hot Christmas. And let me tell you, I just want to mention that if they were to do a Guardians movie and Guardians Volume 3 was like uh, a Christmas movie, I guess, I would fucking love it. I would mark out. It would be super fun to experience that world and like maybe Peter Quill has to go back to Earth to find family or I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen. We're going to just have to wait and see now. We're going to have to wait a whole hell of a lot longer. Sadly, you will not be getting a lot of coverage on the Guardians until, well, until they give us some big news that is worth reporting because right now we are going to have nothing for a while, a little bit of a blackout in the Guardians of the Galaxy world, which is sad to someone who's been a diehard fan since the very beginning of this movie's run and since the comics rebirth in 2014. So, and I mean, I like the earlier iterations, but I really like the 2014 run. Let's talk about Evangeline Lilly real quick here. Uh, Evangeline Lilly, being one of the nicest people on Earth, responded to a fan, Aesthetic Rose, uh, who had said to her, I have to say a monologue about hope for school. Any Any advice on how I can really get into the character? And Evangeline Lilly responded, saying, Hope wasn't born super. She was born into a family with an arrogant and controlling father, parents who were gone a lot, but loving when they were there. Then her mother was ripped away from her at eight years old, and her father disappeared from her life. She made choices. She could have chosen many negative roads to take from there. Instead, she chose the strength and power of her mind. She chose discipline. She chose to achieve anyway. She chose herself, and she survived. And all of that was just prep for the moment in her life when she would reach her highest height of strength and forgive her father. 
That was her final gauntlet that pushed her over into super. Hope is like you and I. What sets her apart are her choices. Does that help? That's pretty awesome. I like that she uh, she responded, you know, and was like, hey, this is what I would say, or this is how I would get into the mind of that person, is that she was a strong character. Now this girl might have went to her class and slayed, and then got to also show her teacher, like, check this shit out, teach. Look what Evangeline Lilly said to me. Like, how's that for 21st century? You know, in modern technology. That's crazy. Oh, speaking of Marvel. Captain Marvel. The Life of Captain Marvel 4 just came out. And if you haven't read issue 4, here's some spoilers. And you have been, I'm going to warn you that there are some spoilers. So if you're into the comics, spoilers ahead. The previous origin for Carol Danvers becoming Miss Marvel was tied to her interactions with Marvel and the Psych Magnetron. Uh, but all that changes in the life of Captain Marvel Volume 4. At the end of the last issue, we find out that Carol's mom is actually a Kree warrior. And in this issue, we find out that her real name is Mari L. And that she trained with Kree from birth on Hala. She was eventually sent to Earth by Empress Pama on a mission to observe and report back. She was given an amulet that would cloak her true identity. The same amulet she turned off in the last issue. As they brace for combat with Kree cleaner... Mari L. tells Carol her real name is Carl, and that she is the daughter of Hala by Bloodright and by Starlight. Uh, that means Carol is full-blooded Cree, which changes th- things significantly since her original origin was human and half-Cree due to Marvel saving her from the radiation of the Psych Magnetron. It also changes the origins of her power. Mari L. tells Carol that they're not anyone's but yours. They never have been. Regarding her powers, Carol says she doesn't believe in it, but Marielle says, but you feel it, light and power, speed and strength, because it is who you are. She also reveals that the Magnetron only activated her powers that were already there and didn't, in fact, create them. She goes off on to relay how she met her father and how they, how after they had Carol, she turned the tracking device off to hide away from the Kree. Now they're back to bring her in, but they didn't plan on getting a fight from two warriors. So they retconned and altered the uh, origin and reality of Carol Danvers in the comics. Meaning, folks, I want you guys to pay attention to this right now. Meaning it's very possible. When we see Captain Marvel movie in a few short months here, six, five months right as of right now, uh, when we see that movie in about five months, expect this to be her origin. Expect there to be some changes to her origin and Marvel doing that so that they can have some flexibility and make the story more workable for what they need. And sometimes, I think that's interesting how that's been working with Marvel, because with these movies, they write the comics differently based on the movies. I mean, they picked their Guardians of the Galaxy team, and it was similar, and uh, they used it in the comics. And then the only difference was they added Tony Stark to that run, and I was, like, hoping that Iron Man would be a part of the Guardians for a bit, and you know, then he ended up not being, and I thought, man, Iron Man 3, how cool would that be if they teased the Guardians of the Galaxy at the end of Iron Man 3? They did not. Um, but anyways. You guys, here's a really interesting one. I'm going to have to shift gears. We've got a couple DC things and a Walking Dead thing before we get out of here. Yeah. <gasps> Walking Dead news? Did Nate say Walking Dead news? I did. I totally said Walking Dead news. Uh, lucky for y'all, the Walking Dead news I have 
isn't spoilerified. It's just kind of an update. We're going to get into it in a minute. But let's talk about this. DC Comics has done something that is probably not permanent, folks. I'm just going to be honest right now. This is a temporary move to get fans talking. But Dick Grayson is no more. Instead, be prepared to meet Rick Grayson. Woo! As DC Comics fans know, in the recent Batman 55... Dick Grayson took a bullet to the head courtesy of KG Beast while Nightwing and Batman were talking with Commissioner Gordon on the roof of Gotham City Police Department. At the time, things looked pretty bleak for Dick, and while Nightwing 50 revealed that the beloved hero had survived the shooting, this week in Nightwing 51 reveals that the man who survived is insane. Nightwing 51 sees Nightwing a changed hero. He may not have actually died, but he's dead in a sense just the same. Having lost much of his memory and skills as well as... Seen a major shift in his personality, Dick Grayson is gone and in his place is Rick. Still a hero, just one with a different, well, everything which should make for an interesting situation as Nightwing has more than just his own struggles to deal with. A fear germ is killing people in their sleep, giving the hero both professional and personal challenges to face. So, essentially, he takes a bullet to the dome. Kapow! And it changes who he is completely and they're like, Gonna change his name. My name's Rick Grayson now. I don't. Dick isn't. I'm not because I'm not Dick. I'm not the same guy as Dick. I don't feel like him. I don't act like him. Why would I call myself him? That'd be false, right? I don't think it's gonna last though. I feel like something will happen to Nightwing. He'll get a potion or smacked in the head again, or you know, Batman will, you know, give him some sort of crazy pep talk that'll alter his perspective. I don't know. Whatever it'll be. They're not going to keep Rick Grayson as what's going on. That's just ridiculous. Rick-diculous. So, uh, I thought that was an interesting thing. I don't... I just think they're trying to do it to get people talking, honestly. I don't see it lasting more than five or ten issues at the most. And we'll keep update, folks. As soon as I hear that Dick Grayson is back, I'll let you guys know and be like, Hey, remember back at 2.14? Yeah. Well, that's... uh, I I called it. Uh, Let's talk about this. I'm fucking most excited about this still talking about dc now gotham star reveals glimpse of part of bane's costume uh shane west who is playing bane in gotham teased uh a picture which had me stoked it's a picture of his lunch and someone wrote on the box shane or shall i say bane but the next to it is like the the fingerless glove that immediately makes me think of a badass Bane. And sorry, Tyler from Podcastrophe. Sorry to anybody who's a Tom Hardy fan. His Bane was horseshit. And I'm hoping that Shane West can actually solve the enigma that is Bane and make him a viable villain for Batman, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne in the Gotham series finale, as this is the final year of Gotham that we're about to be stumbling upon here in 2019. I said I had some Walking Dead stuff for you. I've got one thing left. Uh, Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman knows he's going to eventually end The Walking Dead. He just doesn't know when. This is what he says to Variety. He says, I know what I have to do to get where I'm going. I know the stories that have to be told, the deaths that have to happen, the changes I need to make to push things forward and evolve. When I get to those points, I'll know it's time. I don't think anyone should have concerns about things wrapping up anytime soon. 
Kirkman has long pre-planned the books, often plotting out three or four plots ahead of wherever he currently is in the story. When you see the prison issue around issue 50, I already have the hunters planned, and I'm sowing seeds to do that. The Walking Dead, which celebrated 15 years this past Saturday with the first ever Walking Dead day, isn't meandering aimlessly. Kirkman knows where he's going, but not how long it will take to get there. And he has at least 50 more issues worth of ideas and five or six more story arcs already in the works. I know what I'm building to, to eventually wrap things up. If I didn't have that, I'd just be twisting in the wind trying to lay track. I don't know if that's going to come in a thousand issues or a hundred issues, but I know what the conclusion of the story is and what has to happen to get there. The book's next releases, its 85th, 185th issue and a part of its 131st volume, Kirkman previously saying he strives to pull off a satisfying ending that the series and the fans deserve a conclusive endpoint. I do have an endpoint in mind for The Walking Dead, and I think it's, uh, I think that it's my responsibility and the responsibility of all the writers on the TV show to the audience because they've been on this journey for so long. The Walking Dead isn't going to last forever. It might go on for many, many, many more years, but I don't think that anyone, or I think that anyone that's been on the journey for that long, they deserve a satisfying end. They deserve to know that the time that they invested in this thing was all working towards something, was all building to some kind of reward, and I think to not have any kind of end goal in mind and not have a plan would just be terrible. I fucking love Robert Kirkman. I love The Walking Dead. You guys, I promise, I know it's been like six months where I haven't really covered it. It's like the past six or seven issues. I'm going to get to it. It's probably going to be next week's episode 215. It's a great, beautiful round number. It's perfect Walking Dead season time. There are several issues to cover. I need to go back, listen to the last time we covered an issue, and then I want to do a big all Walking Dead comics episode, hardcore dive in to talk about what's been going on at the Commonwealth, what's been going on with Michonne, with Rick, with all these characters in the comics that we've come to love, and all these crazy things, Pamela and her crazy son, and uh, th- yeah, I'm I'm really excited, you guys, uh, to talk about more Walking Dead, and I'm sorry that it's been a while. It really it's it's just been difficult. I don't. Walking Dead was really a special thing for Brando and I, and to not have him on the show has been hard to discuss without. Uh, Not to say that I can't bring someone else on, but he and I were both very knowledgeable about the books, and the books have a very special place in our heart and soul, and there's a lot of people that maybe are becoming more loyalist to the show and enjoying what they're doing. Brando and I think we're always on the path that the story that they told in the comics was just superior across the board. And I know it's different. There's different universes. you got to mix it up. you got to shake it up. You don't want the comic book fans to always know what's coming because then it becomes easy to spoil people. And then, oh, this guy's always right every time because he knows the books. It gets annoying. You have to mix it up and surprise people. So the comics are the purest form of The Walking Dead, you know. One of my favorite series of all time. I have the most... Uh, the most collective run of The Walking Deads um, of anybody I've ever met. I'm only missing two issues. That's pretty good, I'd say. Issues one and two. By the way, four years later, still only missing those two issues. I think I said it back on issue one that if somebody wanted to fucking hook it up, I would not say no. If you have those issues and you just feel like, man, this dude's really nice, and I'm just throwing this fucking, these two issues of this comic so he can feel happy and have them. Here it is, you know, like, That'd be great. I don't see it happening, but who knows? Life is fucking weird that way. So anyways, folks, uh, look for some Walking Dead shit next week unless some crazy big news breaks. I mean, it would have to be monstrous news. 
Uh, I'm going to do, as always, our one last look to see if any crazy breaking news dropped while we were in the middle of our show. Uh, nope, nothing. Nothing really broke after that. So, all right, folks, let's get out of here. But before we do, as always, you can check out Journey Into Comics podcast at journeyintocomics.com on the Journey Into Comics network. You can get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, or Spotify. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. Subscribe there. Uh, you can then download every show on our network. Uh, our entire back catalog is there for you guys to check out. If you want to get into the network's rich history and skip the Journey Into Comics history, start at episode 150 of Journey Into Comics and work your way forward. That way you'll get a little retrospective of where we were at that point in time. The very next episode of that is the birth of the network and everything moving forward. Uh, you guys can also go to patreon.com backslash journey into comics. As I said earlier in the show, you can give us a dollar for that early access and exclusive content, meaning as soon as the podcast is edited and ready to upload, it goes there first, and then it gets scheduled on Podbean to drop on release day whenever that show releases so for journey to comics it's monday some of you will be able to listen to this late sunday evening before anyone else so hopefully you guys are checking us out there i want to say thank you guys so much for listening to my ramblings of journey into comics this one has been journey into comics 214 uh post nap groggy i have been your host nate as always pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit Later, guys.